0: Daniel chapter 3, I'm reading the whole chapter. Please give your attention to this word that is the word of truth, the infallible, inerrant word of God. Daniel chapter 3. King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold, whose height was 60 cubits and its breadth 6 cubits. He set it upon on the plain of Dura, In the province of Babylon. Then King Nebuchadnezzar sent to gather the satraps, the prefects, and the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the justices, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then the satraps, the prefects, and the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the justices, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces gathered for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And the herald proclaimed aloud, You are commanded, O peoples, nations, and languages, that when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music, you are to fall down and worship the golden image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall immediately be cast into the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, as soon as all the peoples heard the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music, all the peoples, nations, and languages fell down and worshiped the golden image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Therefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came forward and maliciously accused the Jews. They declared to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that every man who hears the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. Whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into the burning fiery furnace." There are certain Jews whom you have appointed over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, pay no attention to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in furious rage, commanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I have set up? Now, if you're ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music, to fall down and worship the image that I have made, well and good. But if you do not worship, you shall immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace." And who is is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not... Be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with fury, and the expression of his face was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He ordered the furnace heated seven times more than it was usually heated. And he ordered some of the mighty men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their cloaks, their tunics, their hats, and their other garments, and they were thrown into the burning, fiery furnace. Because the king's order was urgent and the furnace overheated, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell bound into the burning fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and rose up in haste. He declared to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the fire? And the answer said to the king, True, O king. And he answered and said, But I see four men unbound, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the door of the burning, fiery furnace. He declared, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out from the fire. And the satraps, the prefects, the governors, and the king's counselors gathered together and saw that the fire had not had any power over the bodies of these men. The hair of their heads were not singed, their cloaks were not harmed, and no smell of fire had come upon them. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him, and set aside the king's command and yielded up their bodies rather than serve and worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make a decree any people, nation or language that speaks anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego shall be torn from limb to limb and their households laid in ruin. ruins for there is no other God who is able to rescue in this way. And the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego in the province of Babylon. So ends the reading of God's word as we know the flower. F- Fails in the fall, and but the word of the Lord stands forever. This word that we have heard. There's one who stood for the word of God for the gospel. His name was Jan Hus. He was an early reformer, a Czech theologian. Where he preached the gospel, and whatever he wrote and taught and and preached, he was proclaiming the gospel. But he was condemned as a heretic by the established church at that time. He was handed over to the state to be burned at the stake. They tied his hands behind his back. They took, they actually put a a paper hat on his head that was inscribed the leader of the heretic movement. They put a chain around his neck and tied him to that stake. They took wood and straw and piled it up to his neck, and there he stood on the platform at the stake, ready to be burned. And before lighting the match, they asked him one last time, will you recant of your writings and your teachings? And he said these words, God is my witness for the truth of the gospel, of what I have taught and preached. I am ready to die today. Let me ask you, are you ready to die? You're ready to die. None of us want to go to the stake where we'd be burned or in a furnace, the flames of fiery furnace. But we know that there's suffering that comes with believing. This is what Paul says in Philippians chapter one, verse 29. It has been granted to you not only to For the sake of Christ, not only to believe in Christ, but also to suffer for his sake. With believing comes suffering. Are you preparing yourself for greater suffering? You've had suffering in the past, there is suffering in the future. Are you preparing yourself for the suffering that is to come? One book that I have here that caught my attention as I read the back of it, from the book, it's written by John Flagwell, Preparations for Suffering. And it's written in the back here, The expectation of and preparation for suffering abates much of the dread and terror by accustoming our thoughts beforehand to it, that we may find it not so grievous, shocking, or intolerable when it comes. Do you understand that? Prepare ourselves for suffering with our thoughts, our minds, beforehand, so that when it comes, we will be able to endure it. Are you preparing yourself for suffering? How do we do so? When people look at suffering in the face, the fiery trials to come, they often ask themselves questions. And there are three questions that we can ask of what we just heard in Daniel 3 that are answered here. The first question is, is the Lord able to rescue me from the suffering? Is the Lord going to be present with me in my suffering? Is the Lord going to preserve me through that suffering? These questions are answered as we look at these three men Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Do you know that they're, those were their Babylonian names? Do you know what their Jewish names were? Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And children, you probably have heard these stories already. Maybe uh, your parents opened this children's storybook and they taught you this story. And you see that picture of the three men being thrown into the fiery furnace. That's what you're thinking about. This is the story. These three men had, who had great faith, they were courageous men. But you know, this story is not so much about these men and their courage. Even though their faith was commended, as we heard in Hebrews chapter 11, but it's because of the faith that they had in their Lord, who was able, who was powerful, who was present, and who preserved them who answered those three questions as they faced the fiery furnace of suffering. We heard in Hebrews chapter 11, of those who quenched the power of fire. These ones who live by faith, these three men who quenched the power of fire. Another way of translating it is, they extinguished the the fury of the flames by their faith in their Lord and God that we're going to see here today. But it's in the Lord that we see this power, presence, and preservation. Will we face suffering? Yes. Will we be exempt from suffering? No. Even in Canada, here, in the land of comfort In a land of safety, we're not even on the list of the top 50 most persecuted countries of the world. We've never achieved that. When we see our, our, our own country of Canada, we can see where things are going. Are we preparing ourselves for the suffering that is to come? The fiery trials ahead, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego like Jan Hus, like those in the past who live by faith. We want to look at their example, yes. But we are also remembering those who live by faith and they were imprisoned, they were flogged, they were beaten, they were sawn in two. We heard the list. And those that even though The Lord saw them through the suffering and they died in their suffering. Those promises are still true of his power, his presence, and his preservation. This is what we're going to look at today. We're going to pick up the story actually in chapter 2. We want to look at the context here of this king, Nebuchadnezzar, who just in chapter 2 had a dream and none of his wise men could tell him what the dream was. And interpret it. But there were some wise men in his court. There was Daniel, Belteshazzar. There were these three also other men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Where it was this one man, Daniel, among them. Who went to the king and says, I have a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. Who will tell you what this dream is and its interpretation. And so if we look at verse 32 as he tells the dream, he says, You saw an image, and the head of this image was made of gold. Now, what is the interpretation? And we jump to verse 37. O king, the king of kings, to whom the God of heaven has given you the kingdom, the power, and the might and the glory, you Nebuchadnezzar, are the head of gold. But there will be another kingdom. That will come after you. Who will replace you? Well, Nebuchadnezzar was happy to hear that that dream was told to him as it was that he saw and its interpretation. And so what do we find in verse 46? King Nebuchadnezzar fell upon his face and paid homage as though he was worshiping Daniel and his God, offering incense to him. And so King gave Nebuchadnezzar the high honors Many great gifts, and he promoted him. And where Daniel received this promotion, he also recruited his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, to oversee the province of Babylon. This is where we find ourselves in chapter one, chapter three, verse one. King Nebuchadnezzar makes an image of gold. Very monstrous image. 27 meters high, 2.7 meters wide. This image made of gold from the head to the feet. What are we seeing in this? We see King Nebuchadnezzar defying the will of God, saying, I will not allow a kingdom to replace my kingdom. My kingdom will endure As you see this image, it stands, my kingdom will stand, and there will be no other kingdom but mine. And he commands, he makes a decree that all people, he calls his satraps, the prefects, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the justices, all of his high officials, he calls them to this image that he erected. And he says that the sound of the music, of this orchestra playing, at the sound, as soon as you hear the sound of this orchestra, you are to fall down in your face, bow down, and worship of this image that I have erected. This was to be a decree pronounced throughout his empire, all the way to Egypt to the west, Susa in the east, all peoples of all languages, all nations, When they heard the orchestra played in their localities, they were to fall down in the direction of this statue and worship this image. What were the consequences? Well, you have a choice. Either you worship and you live, you bow and you live, or you refuse and you burn. You are to be thrown immediately into the fiery furnace. That place that was devoted for those who disobeyed. And what was that furnace in that time? Furnaces were bottle-shaped furnace. The bottom was an open hole where the fire would be um, stoked, and then at the top, the, the the smoke would billow out. And so imagine this big furnace near this image that was there to smelt the metal for the creation of this image. We have. This threat, either you, bur- you bow or you burn. Now picture this. All the officials and the people surrounding this image, the plain of Dura. As soon as the orchestra played, everyone falling down on their faces in front of this image, except three men left standing, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Seen by all. We find the Chaldeans. These were the astrologers. They spot them in verse 8, it says, at that time, Chaldeans came forward and maliciously accused the Jews. They brought charges to the king of these three men who refused to bow to this image. The word malicious maliciously accused. That word malicious is the idea of a beast that is ready to devour its prey. That was what was in their hearts, in their jealousy of these three men, the Jews. And what does this resemble for us today? Resembles our cancel culture where people have malice in their hearts for people that they hate and they will pursue in their minds who their enemies are, lurking for them, trolling on the internet, some people going to their homes, having this malice for people. We're seeing this growing in this culture of ours. And the people of God are targets for many, of this kind of malice. We're seeing this today. What was in the heart of the king as well, he calls these three men who are charged, and he says, is it true that what I hear of what these Chaldeans have said, that you are refusing to bow, I will give you another chance And when you hear the music play, bow down. And if you do not, then I will throw you in the fiery furnace. One last chance. Then he says, at the end of verse 15, who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? Think of this man who literally thinks he is God. Who will deliver you out of my hands? This is the way of tyrants. They mandate, they demand absolute obedience. Yes, they will say you have a choice, but it's a choice between life and death. You obey and you will preserve your life you disobey, you will lose your life and nothing will rescue you. There is no God in this world who will rescue you. How was it for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego before this tyrant Nebuchadnezzar? They responded with confidence. O Nebuchadnezzar, We have no need to answer you in this matter. They're saying we don't need to say anything to you. We don't even need time for us to discuss this among ourselves. We're not going to think of a way that we can bow down in our hearts, somehow maintain our allegiance to God. There's nothing we need to say. There's no answer that we need to give to you in this matter. They'd already made up their minds. They said, if this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. Hear the confidence in their Lord and his power his ability to deliver them out of the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, they would rather fall into the merciful hand of their Lord God Almighty, the Most High God, than to fall into the merciless hands of a megalomaniac, tyrant of a king, Nebuchadnezzar. We have the confidence of these men in the power of the Lord to deliver them, to rescue them. We also see their surrender to the Lord. But if not, in verse 18, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Even if he doesn't deliver us from your fiery furnace, we will not bow down to this statue that you have set up. We will not do it. In North Korea today, there are two images, two statues, ominous statues over this open square in Pyongyang, the capital of North Korea. North Koreans passing by, stop and bow down to these two statues, remembering their great leader the founding of north korea kim il sung and beside him his son his son kim il jong kim jong il the dear leader the great leader the dear leader standing together and all north koreans all tourists diplomats who come directly from the airport to these two statues, and they are to bow. And people do. Would you bow? Even the threat of your life, would you bow? This is happening today in North Korea. Would you bow? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would not bow. They knew the consequences of not bowing. Even under the pressure of that threat of the fiery furnace, they would not bow whatever the outcome, they knew the Lord's power and they were resolute. And what this reminds us of is the resolute heart of our Lord Jesus Christ in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7, where it says, In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications, With loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence. This is speaking of the night that Jesus was betrayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, where Jesus was crying out in anguish, knowing that he was going to face death on that cross. Bearing the sins of his people. And he had confidence that his God would save him. Even from death. Would raise him from the dead. That's the surrender we see in Jesus. That's the surrender we see in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The confidence in the Lord's ability, his power to save. And their loyalty of their God. God. Most High God, is that your loyalty? Whatever the consequences, whatever the risk of loss, are you looking to the Lord God Almighty and His power to rescue you, to save you, whatever the cost? See, the early church Christians understood the cost of being a Christian. It seemed like such a simple thing to go into the temple to take a pinch of incense and to offer it to the idols, and to say those three words, Caesar is Lord. But they would not do it. At the threat of losing their jobs, the threat of going to prison, the threat of the fire. King Nero, one of the most ruthless emperors in the Roman Empire, would tie Christians to a stake and he would light them up as torches at night to light up his parties. They were loyal to their Lord, knowing that they would be delivered through that veil of death, through the fire. Like Nero, Nebuchadnezzar, a tyrant of a man, would not even flinch you must go to the fire if you do not bow to this image. And when they refused, he commanded that the furnace be burned seven times hotter. And as they were bound with all their clothes on, these mighty men that bound them took them to the opening of the fire. The fire lit, lit up those mighty men. And they were burned alive as they were cast into the fiery furnace. From the vantage point that Nebuchadnezzar had, he could see not three men, but four walking in the fire, in the midst of the fire, unbound, unharmed by the fire. And who was this fourth man? He had the appearance of a son Of a God. Who is this? He calls him an angel that rescued these three men. Is this the angel of the Lord that we find throughout the Old Testament appearing not like a mere man, but a divine man? Is this not the Christ? The appearance of the Christ before his incarnation, before he came to the earth, he appears in the furnace with his very presence of God, with the three men. His power to save and his presence with them in the midst of the fire. This is a literal fulfillment of Isaiah 43, verse 2, where it says, When you pass through the rivers, the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flames shall not consume you. This is what happened. As it was told in this promise to Isaiah, that some will walk through the fire literally and not be burned. They will not be consumed by the fire. It's a promise, as we have in Scripture, of the Lord's presence with his people wherever they go, that he will be with them through the fiery trials. And there's one man that I wanted to encourage with this promise, the Lord's presence. His name was Stockwell Day. He was a leader of the Canadian Alliance Party in the early 2000s. And this man was standing for God's truth, creation, Marriage, life, all those issues that we believe from God's word. He was standing strong, but he was being roasted by the media. He was going through flames of fire, standing for the God in whom he believes. The God he believes. And I wanted to encourage him. I made this I took this picture online, and I framed it with this verse, Isaiah 43, verse 2. When you pass through the fire, it will not, you will not be burned. It will not consume you. And it was a picture of two deer in a river, in a ravine, with forests all around. And the forest was on fire. It was ablaze with flames. And they were protected in that river, those two deer. And he took that framed photo with the verse, and he put it in the end of his hallway, and he saw that and was reminded every time he passed by to encourage him. We have the word of God, the promises in the word of God of the Lord's presence with us through the fiery trials. They were brought out. These three men, unscathed, they were unscathed, unburned from this fire. The satraps, the prefects, came to see the spectacle. And they could tell that their hair was not scorched, it was not singed, their clothes were not burned, there was no smell of fire from their clothes. Nebuchadnezzar said what was true, giving glory to God. Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him and set aside the king's command. And listen to this. They yielded up their bodies rather than serve and worship any god except their own. They yielded up their bodies. They did not seek to preserve their lives, but they gave up their lives in their worship of God. What does that remind you of? It reminds you of the cost of the call to discipleship of following Jesus. Luke chapter nine, verse 23 and 24 says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself. That's dying to self, saying no to self. Take up his cross, that's a symbol of suffering, even unto death, literally for some in this world, in following me. If anyone wishes to save his life, to preserve his life, will lose it. If anyone wishes, gives up his life for the sake of Christ, will gain it. That's the cost of discipleship in this call, in following Jesus, following that path of suffering. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego understood this. They yielded up their lives. They gave up their lives. They did not seek to preserve their lives so that they would gain it as God would save them. We are saved by the Lord as we relinquish any attempt to save ourselves. He saves us as we abandon ourselves to him and do not seek in any way to save ourselves. What may you be clinging to in trying to preserve your life? There's nothing in you there's nothing in this world that you can actually cling to that will have you pass through this veil of death and be saved apart from Jesus. If you are clinging to yourself, self salvation, you will enter into a fiery furnace where those flames will never be quenched. But if you believe. In Jesus Christ, if you cast yourself on his mercy and to his hand of mercy, then you will be saved. Do not look to preserve your life, but give it up. And do not be ashamed of him. As Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they acknowledge their God to worship him alone. And the Lord says, "On that last day, I will acknowledge you. In that day, before that last day, when your testimony of Jesus is tested, honor Him with your mouth. Jesus as Lord, confess Him, for well, the Bible says that He who honors me, I will honor. I will honor Him." Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego honor the Lord their God in obeying their God. What's the first commandment? You shall have no other gods before me. There's only one true living God. Second commandment. You shall not make any image of God. And you shall not bow down to any idols. They obeyed God. They were loyal to him. They honored him and the Lord honored them. They were promoted. Nebuchadnezzar made a decree. Any people, nation, language that speaks anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be torn from limb to limb. He's still a tyrant. And yet, he acknowledges God. For there's no other God who is able to rescue in this way. Nor the God who would preserve them through the flames. Nor the God who has the power, presence in the fire, and the preservation in the midst of fire through the fire. And so the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego once again over the province of Babylon. We do not know how the Lord will show his power, his presence, and his preservation. But we do have the promise that he will deliver us, that he is able, he will be with us, and he will see us through. Are you prepared for those fiery trials? Are you preparing yourself for those fiery trials to come? We have the example of these three men who have great faith. Examples for us of those who lived by faith in their Lord, his power, his presence, his preservation. But what is the main point of this story? It's their Lord, our Lord, who is worthy of our faith, of our worship. We bow to him. He is the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel, as we're going to see this evening. He's the God of gods, the most high God. He's the Lord of lords, the king of kings, and his kingdom will have no end.